0: Ladies and gentlemen, recording from Los Angeles, California, welcome to another edition of the one and only podcast known to the world as Sean's Sports Stop where Sean Tiplitsky gives his unique opinion on the biggest news stories in sports. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. That's legendary UFC ring announcer Bruce Buffer, who did the intro for my podcast. I was at UFC 270, one of the best experiences of my life. What a time it was. Francis Ngannou versus Cyril Ngannou for the UFC Heavyweight Championship. Brandon Moreno versus Davis in 3, with Figueroa coming out on top and likely forcing a fourth fight what an event it was we have so much to talk about on this episode the nfl divisional round is over and it was by far the craziest round of football playoffs i have ever seen three out of the four games end on a walk-off field goal as time expires and the last one a 42 to 36 win for the kansas city chiefs over the buffalo bills in overtime just one of the just in, in every game every subsequent game Became crazier than the last. It was truly a sight to behold. So let's get right into it. Let's let's look at uh, each matchup, starting with the Cincinnati Bengals and Tennessee Titans. I had the Bengals winning, and they took care of business, winning nineteen to sixteen. Joe Burrow, no passing touchdowns, but he went twenty eight of thirty seven with three hundred forty eight yards, zero touchdowns, and one interception. So not the best of games for Joe Shiesty, but enough. To get it done for the Bengals, Joe Mixon had a solid game, 14 carries, 54 yards, almost four yards a carry, and a rushing touchdown. For the Titans, Ryan Tannehill, well, he morphed into the Dolphins era. Ryan Tannehill, as he went 15 of 24, 220 yards, a touchdown, and three interceptions. His interceptions really sank the Tennessee Titans. The Bengals outscored the Titans 3-0 to in the fourth quarter. Another very surprising outcome. The San Francisco 49ers just keep on marching on, this time with a shocking 13-10 to road win over the number one-seeded Green Bay Packers. Jimmy Garoppolo, no passing touchdowns. The 49ers had no offensive touchdowns, but somehow found a way to win the game. They had a special teams touchdown. Their defense was insane. Jimmy Garoppolo, 11 of only 19. 19 pass attempts the whole game. 131 yards, no touchdowns, one interception. No rushing touchdowns for Eli Mitchell, Debo Samuel, or Kyle Juszczyk either, So just somehow the 49ers found a way. Aaron Rodgers, no touchdowns either. 20 of 29, 225 yards, zero touchdowns, zero interceptions. A.J. Dillon ran for a touchdown for the Packers. But yet another walk-off field goal for the 49ers. Uh, I mean, I should say not for the 49ers, but in these playoffs. Then the Los Angeles Rams almost... Almost choked again. And I say again because in week 18 they were up 17 to 0 at halftime against the San Francisco 49ers. Ended up ended up losing in overtime. They were up twenty to three at halftime against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the divisional round. The Bucks came back, but the Rams held on 30 to 27. Matthew Stafford, what a game. 28 of 38, 366 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. The Rams fumbled the ball four times, twice cam Akers fumbled who didn't have a really good game 24 carries and only two yards a carry but matt gay the former buccaneer kicked his way and the rams way into the nfc championship game against the san francisco 49ers what a matchup that will be tom brady 30 of 54 54 pass attempts for brady who started off very slow 329 yards a touchdown and an interception leonard fournette Had a solid game, much better than Cam Akers. 13 carries, 51 yards, almost four yards a carry, and two rushing touchdowns. And on that note, let's um, switch gears to some news about the Buccaneers. And, you know, there's obviously lots of questions surrounding that team with Tom Brady, Rob Gronkowski, Bruce Arians. Because Bruce, don't, I mean, Rob Gronkowski came out of retirement. That's very well known. Tom Brady chose to go to the Buccaneers. But Bruce Arians, people forget, also came out of retirement to coach the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But it was not all bad news for the Bucks, although it could get worse. Quote, oh, yeah, head coach Bruce Arians told reporters when asked if he would return in 2022. NFL Network's Ian Rappaport uh, noted that echoes what Arians suggested last week when he said, quote, I'm coaching till I can't. So it looks like he really loves coaching in the NFL. Sunday's loss uh, would have been quite the game to go out on. They looked completely overmatched when they trailed 27-3. It was 27-3 late in the third quarter, but they somehow stormed back with 24 straight points to tie the game. It appeared as if the game was headed to overtime when, when Leonard Fournette scored a touchdown in the final minute, especially since the Rams turned it over three times and missed the field goal in the second half. However, Matthew Stafford rescued the day after unleashing a deep ball to Cooper Cup on the final possession to move the Rams into field goal range when they eventually won with a Matt Gay kick. It was... Um, It ended the Buccaneers' chances at a repeat Lombardi trophy and brought the franchise's immediate future into view, since Tom Brady is 44 years old and, quote, non-committal to playing beyond this season, per ESPN. More on Tom Brady later in the episode. Yet, Tampa Bay can still at least take some solace in knowing that Arians will be back and looking to add to a resume that already includes two Coach of the Year awards and last year's Super Bowl title. Although, I'm not sure if his coaching prowess would really mean much uh, with Blaine Gabbert as their quarterback, but listen stranger things have happened more football uh man this this game was really something else most quarterbacks would not be holding on to much belief if their teams were trailing by three with 13 seconds left and starting and starting at at, uh, their own 25 yard line but patrick mahomes is not most quarterbacks quote we believe no matter what the Kansas City Chiefs QB told reporters after Sunday's dramatic 42-36 to overtime victory over the Buffalo Bills. He continued saying, if you're not going to go down fighting, then you don't deserve to be here. What a mentality he has. True championship mentality. While the Chiefs were facing long odds, Mahomes hit Ty- Tyreek Hill for 19 yards and Travis Kelsey for 25 yards to set up a Harrison-Butker field goal that forced overtime. The rest was history as the Chiefs won the coin toss in overtime and scored a touchdown with Kelsey hauling it in to send his team to their fourth straight AFC Championship game. So according to ESPN stats and info, with 13 seconds left and up 36 to 33, the Bills had a 91% chance to win according to ESPN's win probability, but obviously they did not win. Perhaps the only thing wrong with the game was that Josh Allen and the Bills offense didn't get a chance to counter in overtime thanks to the NFL's rules. More on that later. The ending sequence capped off perhaps one of the greatest games in league history, especially considering the stakes. Kansas City's field goal, with fewer than nine minutes remaining in regulation, gave them a twenty-six to twenty-one lead. And the teams traded touchdowns on the next three possessions to set up the thirteen-second situation. Uh, it was truly a sight to behold. I mean, Mahomes threw for almost—it was one hundred and seventy-seven yards um, after the two-minute warning in the fourth quarter. Truly astounding. Uh, I believe th- three. Just—it was insane. It's hard to put into words how crazy this game was. And uh, just watching this after the walk-off field goal barrage by the Rams, Bengals, and 49ers. What a divisional round this was. I'm not sure the championship rounds or the Super Bowl can make up for how insane this round of playoffs were, but we have more on the Buccaneers, more uncertainty this time involving their tight end. While many across football are focusing on Tom Brady's decision on retirement, Tampa Bay Buccaneers teammate Rob Gronkowski will make his own call, independent on what his quarterback does. Supposedly independent. I mean, I'm, I, even though the has publicly said that he will only catch passes from Tom Brady. Apparently now he is making his own decisions. Quote, I'm really going to basically do what's best for myself in terms of the football world, Gronkowski told reporters Monday. It's going to be a decision based upon, based upon of where I'm at in a couple of weeks. So that is the latest on Gronk. Uh, again, I find this a little hard to believe considering the fact that he has publicly said that he will only catch passes, passes from Tom Brady and also that... Um, The simple fact that he essentially, I mean, I wouldn't say faked his retirement, but he had a very quick retirement to kind of force his way out of New England and then was kind of immediately traded to the Buccaneers to reunite with Tom Brady. So with all that considered, I don't think Gronk will play if Brady will not play himself. More football, Josh Allen, I really feel for the guy. If anyone has the right time or the right to complain about the NFL's overtime rules after Sunday's memorable AFC playoff clash. It's Josh Allen. I mean, he put on an absolute show in the fourth quarter. He had nine touchdowns in two games and did not have a chance in overtime to you know, give his team a chance. It's sad. It really is sad. But he was not in a complaining mood saying, quote, the rules are what they are and I can't complain. If it was the other way around, we'd be celebrating. We didn't make enough plays tonight. And that's true. I mean, that's absolutely true. If the Bills won the coin toss, had the, got the ball on offense in overtime and won, there would be very little to no controversy some people would of course talk about it but the fact that the bills and josh allen got the short end of the stick against patrick Mahomes and the chiefs of course there is a lot more controversy but what a true champion this guy is i mean personally it would be a lot harder for me to accept a loss like this especially when he played the way he did and how superhuman he was uh the fact that he was able to take the loss this way and say that he can't complain that it is what it is and that he'd be celebrating if it was the other way around just the maturity that that shows is really really impressive josh allen is a top quarterback in the nfl obviously and i'm looking forward to seeing him bounce back switching gears to college basketball auburn is the new number one team in the country according to the associated press for the first time in school history after an impressive week uh that was enough to jump gonzaga in the rankings gonzaga moved into the top spot last week after baylor stumbled although Auburn had the most first place votes. It was another close call for voters with both teams continuing their recent winning streaks, but the Auburn Tigers are now number one. There was plenty of drama behind them as well with Purdue... Duke and other suffering losses during the week. Here is the top 25 as conference play continues. You have Auburn, Gonzaga, Arizona, Baylor, Kansas, Purdue, UCLA, Houston, Duke, Michigan State, Wisconsin, Kentucky, Texas Tech, Villanova, USC, Ohio State, Providence, Tennessee, LSU, Connecticut, Xavier, Marquette, Iowa State, Illinois, and Davidson at number 25. Gonzaga cruised to a 16-point win over San Francisco in their only game last week. But Auburn faced their toughest test of the year against Kentucky on Saturday. The Tigers were up to the task though, pulling away late for an 80 71 victory to remain undefeated in conference play in the SEC at 7 0. Walker Kessler had 19 points, seven rebounds, and two blocks, but potential number one overall pick Jabari Smith also made his presence known with key plays in the win for Auburn, who are now 18 1 on the season. They have won 15 straight games and are clearly a top contender for the national championship. Other elite teams were not able to escape the week without a setback. Purdue fell to number 6 after a 68-65 loss to rival Indiana, featuring 20 points and 4 steals from Rob Finsey off the bench. Duke shockingly fell to Florida State in a 79-78 overtime thriller, despite a dominant showing from Paolo Banchero, who totaled 20 points, 12 rebounds, and 7 assists in the loss. Florida State hit only 35.6% 30, of their field goal attempts, 28% from three. But somehow, they got to the free throw line, limited turnovers, and won the rebounding battle, which was enough to take down Duke. They fell to number 9 in the latest poll. Michigan State climbed back up to number 10 after an 86-74 upset win over Wisconsin. All-American candidate Johnny Davis scored 25 for the Badgers, but it was not enough to overcome the team's poor defensive effort. Uh, Wisconsin dropped from 8th to 11th in the rankings following their disappointing home loss. Baylor got back on track after their two losses from last week, earning road wins over West Virginia and Oklahoma. We could see plenty of movement next week as well with top games, including Arizona against UCLA and Kentucky versus Kansas. That UCLA versus Arizona game will be very fun to watch tonight. I'm very, I'm very much so looking forward to it. And we got some NBA to talk about. James Harden. Seems like the soap opera never ends with him. Philadelphia 76ers team president Daryl Morey has not uh, is not giving up on his pursuit of James Harden. Sham Straney of The Athletic reported Monday that the Sixers currently prefer to keep Ben Simmons past the NBA's February 10th trade deadline, quote, rather than take what's available on the current market. Morey's hope is that a superstar, most notably someone like James Harden, will become available this summer. The Sixers' pursuit of Harden dates back to last season when Murray offered Simmons as part of a package for the Houston Rockets star. Houston instead sent uh, Harden to Brooklyn, obviously, as part of a four-team trade, a decision that arguably set the stage for Simmons' current impasse with the Sixers. Obviously, Simmons has yet to play a game this season. I've talked about that extensively. Uh, absolutely extensively. I mean, I've talked about that till my face was blue. And honestly, just just saying the name Ben Simmons right now is uh, I just I don't want to talk about the guy we talked talked about him so much um maury said quote the one thing we're in agreement on is we would like a win-win trade well of course you would a trade that helps the 76ers it's most likely going to help ben in his mind and what his goals are and what we'd like to accomplish that by the february 10th deadline if we don't then i think this foundation that we've that we've established we'll see if that can help us work through things if there isn't a trade i mean at this point i'm very surprised not surprised but i'm just i don't understand why you don't just force the guy to play i mean or why he doesn't want to play it's just such a mess and more on uh, James Harden later but speaking of messes (laughs) this guy's a mess all right it appears Antonio Brown has now set his sight on the Baltimore Ravens the former Tampa Bay Buccaneers wide receiver said during an appearance on the I am athlete podcast that the next quarterback he wants to play for is Lamar Jackson and it looks like the 2019 MVP is open to the idea the Buccaneers terminated Brown's contract earlier this month after he removed his helmet and jersey and ran off the field during a 28-24 win over the New York Jets. Since then, Brown said, quote, a couple teams have called him as he prepares for his next opportunity in the, in the NFL. Honestly, very surprised if that's true and very surprised that those teams would even give him a call considering all the baggage that has been attached to his name and all the drama that he's been in and all the shit he's done. And I, I personally really like Antonio Brown or at least the antics that, antics that he does. I mean, he call me immature, but I just find it, purely entertaining and very funny to watch but with that said I'm very surprised that teams are actually still interested in the guy Uh, Lamar Jackson said I'd be happy if they signed him so it seems like it's not just teams Lamar Jackson is open to playing with uh, James Harden as well excuse me not James Harden Antonio Brown Uh, more not more but let's talk about some baseball this is very sad Major League Baseball Deputy Commissioner Dan Halem reportedly said during a meeting with the Players Association on Monday that the league is willing to lose regular season games over the outstanding issues in CBA discussions, according to The Athletic. Quote, whether Halem was issuing a threat or merely providing a statement of the obvious, the owners did start a lockout after all, and there's been no agreement since. So what else would happen if there's no movement? Depends on whom you ask. Some on the player's side indeed thought it was notable that Halen would verbalize the possibility of missing games, that it did amount to a threat, while the, while the commissioner's office disagreed. Just a whole lot of drama. Um, they added that MLB remains displeased with the proposed cuts to revenue sharing in the MLBPA's l- latest offer. He wrote, quote, there's no indication the league is willing to make altercations, alterations, I should say, to the revenue sharing system. MLB is positioning both revenue sharing and time to arbitration as third role third rail issues whether the MLBPA eventually accepts these those positions and could find a way to accomplish what it wants without touching those areas is a major question as a baseball as a diehard baseball fan I really uh I really don't want uh I really don't want to not have games I mean that would really suck if that was to happen hopefully it's not more than like 20 games if it's more than 20 games And the season is genuinely affected, you know, 162 game standard season. If it's anything more than like 20 or 30 at absolute most, then it's already like a really notably shortened season. And that would really suck. But we have more basketball to talk about. Perhaps some bad news for the Clippers and their fans. Surgery reportedly remains an option for Los Angeles Clippers star Paul George as he tries to recover from a torn ulnar collateral ligament in his right elbow. Brian Winhurst, of ESPN reported the update Tuesday on the hoop collective podcast saying quote it's almost like I'm waiting for bad news on Paul George because they just you know it sounds like surgery is a real option there and if he has that he's done for the year the 31 year old has been limited by the torn UCL in his right elbow for much of this season he first suffered the elbow injury on December 6th and was out a couple of weeks then came back but um, it's looking not so great but as a Laker fan thoughts and prayers to Paul George I hope he recovers quickly, truly hope he recovers quickly, but we are transitioning back to football. Tampa Bay Buccaneers quarterback Tom Brady called the 2021 season, quote, incredibly rewarding personally and professionally amid rumors that he's set to consider retirement. Brady discussed the season, which came to a close Sunday with with the Buccaneers' playoff loss to the Los Angeles Rams in an Instagram post on Tuesday saying, quote, I understand that at this stage in my career, there is going to be interest in my future whenever a season ends. But this week, all that is, all that is on my mind is the gratitude I have for this team and the fans that have been supported that have supported us all year long. This year has been incredibly rewarding personally and professionally, and I am appreciative of everyone who worked their ass off to help our team achieve so much. I always want to win, I think that's pretty apparent by now, but that doesn't mean I equate losing to failure, especially when you go out fighting the way we did. There's so much to appreciate in a season like this when you're surrounded by a team that believes in each other and plays for the people standing on either side of them. I'll spare you the man in the arena quote, but that feeling is something that I promise I'll never take for granted. To everyone that was a part of it this year, thank you. I love you all. Very classy statement from Tom Brady. He put together yet another MVP level season by leading the NFL in passing yards with 5,316 and passing touchdowns with 43 while not missing any games during the league's first 17-game season at the age of 44. Truly astounding. In turn, there was very little talk about the longtime Patriots superstar walking away this season until the speculation started to pick up steam in the last few weeks. Um, Ian Rappaport of NFL Network reported Monday the seven-time Super World champion has not made a final decision but noted that retirement talk is as real as it's been. If I had to put my life on it, I would bet that Tom Brady retires um there is an argument when people say oh you know there's no way he leaves on that note losing to the rams in the divisional round there's no way he could leave on after a game like that maybe that's a possibility but judging by his demeanor judging by how he's saying these things judging by this statement it seems to me like he's at peace he's achieved so much he's the greatest player in the in the history of the nfl uh i really don't like the guy (laughs) i mean as you know rivalries and all that being a rams fan and the giants as my second team but he's a legend he's the best there was the best there probably ever will be i hit 5300 yards 43 touchdowns at 44 years old it is just insane uh, max kellerman of first take infamously said in 2016 that tom brady will fall off a cliff it's been six years since that bold prediction and not only has that not come true the exact opposite has happened i would say he not only has he not fallen off the cliff he climbed fucking mount everest if we're honest Brady also added some fuel to the fire Monday when he told Jim Gray on the Let's Go podcast that while football remains, quote, extremely important, his family would play a key role in his decision about whether to return for a 23rd season. He said, quote, I'm going to spend some time with them and give them what they need because they've really been giving me what I need the last six months to do what I love to do. I said this a few years ago. It's what relationships are all about. It's not always what I want. It's what we want as a family. And I'm going to spend a lot of time with them and figure out in the future what's next. So hearing that, it all signs, to me at least, are pointing that that Tom Brady is done with football. And, you know, that's sad and it's the end of an era, but I truly think that he's done. I think Tom Brady is done with the NFL. With that said, if he retires, it would not surprise me in the slightest if he comes out of retirement at some point. Switching gears back to the NBA. As the NBA calendar approaches the February 10th trade deadline, word has circulated around the league about James Harden's increased interest in testing the open market this summer and how his impending free agency is impacting the Philadelphia 76ers' asking price for Ben Simmons. In his 13-year career, Harden has never been a free agent. That's very surprising. I didn't quite realize that fact. By all accounts, the former MVP has clear intentions to reach unrestricted free agency for the first time, even if that would lead him back to the Nets. Harden remains invested in competing for the title in Brooklyn this season, according to multiple sources with knowledge of the situation. But Harden has recently informed several confidants, including former teammates and coaches, of his interest in exploring other opportunities outside of Brooklyn this summer, league sources told Bleacher Report. Quote, James isn't going to hold back, said a person familiar with Harden. He's going to tell you where he stands. Harden has been vocal to the Nets figures and close contacts alike about his frustrations regarding regarding Kyrie Irving's part-time status with the Brooklyn Nets. Um yeah. He um a recent injury to Kevin Durant has exacerbated the issue, leaving Harden to shoulder the majority of the offensive burden in the offensive burden in, in the Brooklyn Nets games. Um but I'm not really sure why he signed off on the trade, if he knew that there would be a possibility of him kind of butting heads with Kyrie or not. Perhaps he didn't know the whole vaccine. Vaccine situation and all that, but who knows what really happened there. Transitioning back to football to close out this relatively short episode of Sean Swarov compared to the usual. In a shocking move, Sean Payton, not related to me, of course, is stepping down as head coach of the New Orleans Saints, according to NFL Network. um, Nick Underhill of New Orleans.Football reported he's retiring altogether. So that's truly shocking. ESPN's Jeremy Fowler polled NFL executives and reported January 18th that, quote, several well-informed people brought up Peyton as a candidate to become a television analyst in the near future. This move could open up that avenue, or would. Peyton has been the Saints head coach since 2006, helping turn the franchise into one of the NFL's best during his tenure. He led the, he led the team to its, its first Super Bowl title in the 2009 season with a 31-17 victory over the Indianapolis Colts. An accomplished offensive coach, Peyton's partnership with quarterback Drew Brees, led to the Saints posting historic numbers. Breeze retired from the NFL after the 2020 season as the league's all-time leader in passing yards. That mark has since been passed by the aforementioned Tom Brady. After a rough three-year stretch from 2014 through 16, Peyton made the Saints into one of the most dominant teams in the NFC. They had a streak of four consecutive NFC South titles from 2017 through 2020. The 2021 season was arguably one of Peyton's best coaching jobs. It was his first season without Breeze at QB yet he still led the Saints in playoff contention with, uh, until the final week of the season with a 9-8 record. They were right there until the end. They have consistently had one of the NFL's best rosters over the past five years. Their defense was an elite unit in 2021, finishing fourth in points per game allowed at 19.7. He leaves behind a successful, albeit complicated legacy with the Saints. His best moment was leading the franchise during that Super Bowl run, but he was also suspended from, for the entire 2012 season, stemming from his role in the Bounty Gate scandal. Even with that suspension on his resume, Payton is the longest tenured coach in Saints history. He's the franchise's leader, all time leader in, in games coached at 241, wins at 151, playoff games 17 and playoff wins with nine. So Sean Payton is a Saints legend. And ladies and gentlemen, this is all I have for this episode of the Sean Podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening, and I'll see you guys on the next one.